Welcome to the Geek Geek Podcast, where time flies, because apparently the year's already half over. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. I'm flapping my arms, but no one can see me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think they're actually making that sound. I think you're going out of your way to do that. Today we're talking uh, I was, I was. about uh, the fact that we're halfway through the year. So we always like to do this episode where we kind of recap our first half of the year, because that's where things tend to get lost when you get to like the end of the year like best of the year show which we always do two of we always do one about games and one about kind of everything else but we found that if you don't stop halfway through the year and like look at that first six months it's really easy to forget what happened in the first half of the year by the time you get to end of the year stuff when your mind is dominated by like kind of fall all the fall releases that come out and even now it's hard to remember the stuff that we were talking about in january and february that i went back to look through all the notes and i was like oh my gosh that was this year that seems like it was such so long ago that all of that was happening so i'm i'm glad that we do these because i would completely forget everything if it weren't for these yeah this is always fun it's kind of more lightly structured than when we do our end of the year show too because or our end of the year shows i should say because like we typically kind of end up lightly ranking a couple things here and there as we go through this episode but it's not like the end of the year where we do a full list and we go like five four three two one then give you our official like you know our top recommendations for the year or the top things that we liked this is really just like how are we feeling at this point in the year we're not committing to anything and maybe a couple things will rise to the top yeah, usually there are uh, a handful of things that we talk about at this point in the year that make it to the end. But for the most part, the this is where we get to talk about stuff that probably wouldn't make it to a best of list, but we want to make sure that you guys are able to experience. Yeah, and so probably no geekery this week. I think next week we'll probably have to be a catch-up on some games and movies and kind of all of the summer releases that are finally hitting and finally coming out, it seems like. but Yeah, finally. Yeah, this week we're just going to focus on what have we liked so far, year-to-date. So I'll kick us off because I have a couple odds and ends up front. The main thing is my new house. Like, I can't explain how excited I am and how much we love this house and how happy we are here. And the goal is this is going to be our house forever. And it still feels like that, right? Um, it feels like home now, too, which wasn't oh, true right good. away because it always takes time. Yeah, it, it takes so much time for that to happen. Like, it took a long time for us when we moved into this one. So I'm glad that it's finally starting to feel like home for you guys. Yeah, and literally this week, I just reorganized my desk like yesterday as of when we're recording this. And I kind of made myself my own little podcasting space in the corner. So... I stole this alcove. I didn't steal it. I actually volunteered to get moved into this alcove to give my wife most of the rest of this room because I only need a small space and I'm hoping that this catches my audio a little bit better because I put soundproofing up all around it. So I'm kind of excited for this. And I'm really jealous because our house now doesn't have any alcoves that, that we used to have one in the house I grew up in. So I'm jealous of that one because I've thought of places around here I could do that. And literally the only places I could do would be stealing a stealing a closet and moving into that, like making everything away, taking everything away. So I'm, I'm jealous of your alcove. <laughs> well, and as time goes on in this room, this is like the office, but also slash knitting and plant room. So mostly it's like four-fifths knitting and plants for my wife and it's like one-fifth office because I don't take up a whole lot of space I don't need much space for mine um but because of that like 
as furniture has been coming in and boxes have been going out, I get less echoey each week, which I appreciate as I edit. I notice, I don't know if anybody else notices, but I notice my own audio quality. So I'm hoping that this <laughs> alcove makes everything even a little bit better. It, it was when I was testing. Yeah, it sounds better to me when you're just talking to me. Even with the little uh, fort that you had made yourself, this one sounds a lot better this week just on the call that we're on. Yeah, so we'll see how it turns out in the final edit. Everybody will know by now, I guess. But so, yeah, the new house, I don't want to dwell on it too much because we did a whole episode on it, but we love this house. It's great. I mean, we're doing a ton of work on it and slowly picking away at it. Like, we have this huge list that will probably not end for 10 or 15 years for stuff we yeah. want to do, but we're super happy working on it. And then the other thing that was kind of an odd and end is meditation apps, which I think we want to get back around to and probably do another episode on, just like a quick recap on where we're at with them. But Insight and Headspace are the two that I'm still using kind of off and on. I want to get better at using them more regularly, but I have definitely found some benefit to meditation apps. I had never really tried meditation before this year. Me either. Like, like not this year, but this this when I found it and discovered the apps, that was the first time I'd ever given it real serious thought. And it helps a lot. I need to get back to doing it way more often. But right now, like I'm with you, like Headspace and 10% Happier are my two. I don't know if I've actually tried Insight. It sounds familiar, but it didn't stick with me if I did. Yeah, it's good for timers, like customized timers if you don't want guided things. But if you're looking for guided right. meditation, it's not the greatest place, which is why I have Headspace in there, too. Right, because you can have it both ways doing that. The Headspace ones are really, really good. And I guess I have heard of Insight Timer. Now that you're saying that, it put I put it together. Yeah. So th those are my odds and ends. Um, let's get into the stuff that both of us have. So podcasts. I yeah. have one podcast so far that's worth highlighting. Actually, probably two, but one is so fresh. I just talked about it last week, so I might save that for end of the year. But 13 Minutes to the Moon, I'll give it a quick shout out. I know I talked about it on the episode last week, so you probably haven't even heard about it yet, right? No. I, I Actually, that one's on my queue of things to listen to. I, uh, I just have been not listening to things last uh, week or so. It's, uh, it's all about the moon landing and the Apollo program, and it's really, really good. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I highly recommend that one. Um, it's still actively coming out. So I'm guessing by the time we get to the end of the year episode, it will have been all the way out. So I can actually give like an overall thumbs up, thumbs down type of thing. But as of right now, I'm loving it. It's great. So the one that I did want to highlight because I've listened to hundreds of episodes this year is Magic the Gathering Drive to Work podcast by yeah. Mark Rosewater. Because... As you know, I've been getting into Magic the Gathering and Magic the Gathering Arena, and it's so interesting to hear the design philosophy behind it and how it's changed over time. And I'm just like endlessly fascinated by it. So I've listened to probably 250, maybe 300 of them. There's a lot of them. Um, That's a lot of episodes. Yeah, it's a lot of episodes. So I'm still listening to it every week as it comes out now too, but I'm I'm mostly caught up. I didn't listen to absolutely every episode, but I listened to a lot of them. That is, I didn't realize there were so many of them that I was thinking that it was a daily show if it were that many when you said that, but it's a weekly show. It's twice weekly. So okay. yeah, maybe it's, maybe I over-exaggerated. Maybe it's in like the 100 to 200 range, but I've listened to a lot, a lot, a lot of them. That is, that is really cool. Like, I, need, I haven't listened to that one. Like, I love the concept of it, but that's one where I'm not sure if I could get into the actual show. Yeah, you definitely have to be interested in the content for that one to uh, to hook you. But I find game design very interesting. And 
I've, the only podcast that I've really been listening to regularly is The Adventure Zone, and that's the only podcast on my list uh, because I found it – like, well, I say I found it, but it was you guys – Everyone who listens to this podcast and you have been hounding me to listen to The Adventure Zone anytime it comes up. And I never wanted to listen to an actual playcast. And then uh, when I when I did, when I decided to do it, it uh, it hooked me. And I haven't listened to it in about a week and a half now. The, just life has come up. But it's magnificent that I really, really like the the McElroys and the just everything about that podcast. It made me start playing D. D&D. That listening to that made me want to go out, make friends, and uh, play Dungeons and Dragons again. So I'm I cannot recommend the Adventure Zone enough. But everyone listening to this has recommended to me, so you don't need that recommendation. But that's the only <laughs> podcast on my list. Well, it's really good. I'm probably overdue for my like fifth or sixth re-listen to it. Like I've listened to that one, the Balance Arc, anyway, multiple, multiple times. It's such a good podcast. Wow. It really is. It's so good. Like I'm, I'm glad that you didn't spoil a couple of things for me. But back when we first started talking about it, so I've I've been able to really experience it fresh because I knew nothing going in, and it's just it's wonderful. And I love those characters. Good. I feel like I know them. I know that we've had people on the podcast say I've listened to so many of your episodes. I feel like I know you guys, and I'm like that's the way I feel about the uh, the McElroys now. I feel like we're buddies. <laughs> that's good. Um... So yeah, I think that's it for podcasts, but I know you we each had a couple to highlight. Um, I really want to hear more about the Adventure Zone as you get into it. I mean, I know it already. I've listened to it multiple times, but I'm excited to hear your reaction as it keeps going on because it hooked me for a really long time. And then later on, it got like it emotionally invested me in ways I was surprised about. So you'll have to report oh, on that at the end of the year. Wow. That yeah, I will definitely let you know about that because it's uh it hasn't emotionally invested me. It's it's something where I find myself having to stop on the side of the road because I'm laughing and I can't continue running or I'm going to run I'm going to fall into traffic. Yeah, I think once I hit the 11th hour arc, the mini okay. arc in it, that's probably where it started to get me. But yeah, it's really good. So books. Books for this year right. That's kind of in a weird spot for me. I went back. So when we do this episode, I always go back and I look through all of our show notes for all of my geekery, even the things that like I don't end up talking about. I still leave in the show notes. I just like kind of uh, highlight them in gray if I don't end up talking about them and they fall off the list. But I look through everything and I've barely read any books this year, which is probably Mm -hmm. a bad thing. But life has just been crazy. So it also makes sense to me that I haven't had any downtime to just read. Um, I did have a couple things. One of which I assume is on your list too, Skyward. No, it's not actually. What? I okay, didn't explain. list it. Like I loved that book, but after I read it and was going through like writing stuff down, it never even came to mind. And even when I read it uh, on my list, I was like, "Yeah, I liked that book a lot." And I was like, "Don't know. I just don't. I just don't think I want to recommend that one right now." I liked the book a ton. I cannot wait for the second one. But for some reason, it didn't make my my best of list. And I've got just got a couple of other books on here. Um, the other one on my list is Final Fantasy Lost Stranger, which is the one where it's like self-insert fiction, where it's like somebody falls into Final Fantasy universe after he was a game designer on Final Fantasy. And I don't know why I found it as interesting as I did, but I definitely liked it. So I read the two volumes of it that are out in English, and then I think the third volume's out within the next couple months here. So I'll be picking that up too. Now, was it manga or was it uh, uh, an actual book book, like novel? No, it was it was 
manga manga we had this discussion last time i don't know how to say that word but yeah it was definitely that okay that's what i was thinking but for some reason it i was like wait a second is that like a i just couldn't remember so the books i've got like i know the one that you're about to spoil was the consuming fire by john scalzi right yeah like i loved that book like that book i still think about like how everything is playing out there there's something about the interdependency books that have really just grabbed what i love about science fiction and and really, as much of a cliche as it is, it grabbed it and won't let it go because I adore that kind of galactic empire kind of science fiction where it's not quite space opera, but it, it's space opera adjacent, a little more serious and political than that, where like Dune and uh, the, those kinds of books just make me want to keep reading what what the Star Wars was trying to be initially. I adore that kind. So when Scalzi's writing it, I'm all in that this book, I cannot wait for the third one. I can't, I'm going to go back and I'm going to read, reread these very soon listen to them i just adored this man my voice cracked <laughs> yeah no i i really liked that book too that was a good one like you said i almost jumped the gun and gave it away but um yeah i am always up for whatever skulls he's writing i always want to check out the next thing but i am excited for the next one in the interdependency series whenever it comes out yeah i don't even know if there's a date on it but i'm very excited for it whenever it does come out and right now, I've actually included the book Fall by Neil Stevenson, which is a book I'm reading right now. And I'm maybe a third of the way through it, and I can pretty much guarantee that it's it has already earned its spot on my best of, probably going to be in the best top five books of the year for all the stuff that I'm reading. Like, it is so good that I'm a huge Neil Stevenson fan. I know that we got Troy on Twitter, uh, Troidal Power reading Snow Crash. Uh, me and a couple other people were just talking about how great it was. And so he's reading it, and or maybe he's already finished it by now. And that was one of my favorite Neil Stevenson books. So I love Reemdy and Seven Eves, and, and I love his books. This one, Fall, is kind of a spinoff of Reemdy, where there is a character in it that is the uh, one of the main characters. It's about, this is one of those books where it's that futurism kind of look, where it's, it's looking at what the current online landscape could turn into, and it's dealing with the idea of what is truth and what is truth online, and the idea of believing truth and how that changes the real world and how we see things and what that could be like when technology improves and changes over the next couple of decades, that if we still keep getting like these feeds of information that are biased towards our own biases that put us in these little insular circles that we don't see or know anything else. And uh, it, it's in that book. In, in the book, part of the story is that there is this, uh, there's like a nuclear bomb that goes off in uh, Moab, Utah, and that just sets off this long chain of events regarding social media and news and what part that plays in people's lives. And it is fascinating that this this book is entirely entirely everything and i mean that wholly that i love in in fiction that this has made me start thinking that this is literary fiction about this stuff that's why i love neil stevenson so much wow that's high praise from you i've only ever gotten through one of his books 
I've tried yep, like that sounds about right. I've tried a lot of them and they just they mostly aren't for me, but the premise of Seven Eves was strong enough that I stayed with it. But I I want to like him more than I actually do. He's one of those authors. I I do. I understand. He is a he is a very acquired taste and not everything that he writes is a hit for me and I'm a huge Stevenson fan I cannot read some of the books like Anathem I just cannot keep going reading it the Baroque Cycle books they just I'm having a hard time pushing through but Fall is magnificent it's in that same vein of books as uh it's a spinoff like i said of reamd but it also feels a lot like seven eves where the beginning of the book is one thing and then it just evolves into the the rest of it very naturally it's like oh that's why we had that as the introductory part i gotcha and it's just i think you would like this one that i think if you i'm about 350, 400 pages into it, so I may be closer to halfway through. I, uh, it's 888 pages on uh, what my Kindle tells me, and I'm still not 100% sure like what the overall goal of the narrative is going to be, like where the actual uh, narrative plot point is going to be that it's going to, but I understand the theme of it so much, and it means so much to me and is so relevant right now that I can't not recommend this book to uh, people who like that kind of thing. Cool. That's very cool. Um, so for movies this year, I, well, movies, TV shows, videos, we always kind of like blend those together. As yeah. is tradition, you have way more than I do just because of our consuming habits. Um, right. I have a couple quick hit ones up front. Do you have anything quick hit that you want to get out of the way first? No, you go ahead. Okay. Um, so Game of Thrones, just want to acknowledge that it came to an end and it was a mixed ending, but it's over and it was a huge investment. And overall, I'm glad that I was into the series the way I was, even if it didn't end super strongly, but that's okay. Um, Love, Death and Robots hooked me way more than I thought it would. And it was also hit and miss, but that was because it was like every episode was a different writer, different author, different director, different whatever. But I want more of that. Like I have really come to embrace the fact within the last probably a couple months here that I really like anthology things. I like collections of short stories and Love, Death and Robots fits that mold perfectly. So I want a second season of it. I hope that comes around. And then I hope it does because it's good. Like I haven't watched all of it, but I started it. And the first episode in the anthology is so different than what I expected it to be that I just I just fell in love with the anthology. And I think I honestly don't remember why I stopped going through it. It was one where I was sitting down and watching an episode uh, like during my lunch hour, stuff like that. Like, it's very good. It's good. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, it's hit and miss. It's mixed bag, but there are really, really good episodes mixed in there. So it's I want more of that just because I know it'll be like 50%. Okay. You know, some of them are like, eh, no, not for me. But then there's always yeah. this like gold, like 25%. It's like, Ooh, those are excellent. So it's worth it. The last quick hit for me was crazy rich Asians, which I liked, but I feel like I would need to go back and watch it again to see how much I really like it. And if it's going to hold mm-hmm. up over the long term. I just haven't gotten back to it yet. It held up for the second viewing for me that Jennifer and I wanted to see it again once it came on video and came home and we enjoyed it a lot. It was still very, very engaging that I've, I'm maybe halfway through the the first novel on audiobook and it's very different, but it's still it's still really good. So I'm glad that there's a trilogy of them and that and that there's a sequel to this one coming out. 
Oh yeah, I would watch it. I didn't I didn't realize there was another one coming out, but I will definitely be watching that. Yep, it got greenlit at least. This one's making so much made so much money that I'm I can't remember exactly when they said, but yeah, they've they've announced that they're going to do the sequel to it. Very cool. Um and then so the ones that I wanted to highlight a little bit more were I guess the first one is Into the Spider-Verse because that movie's amazing. And I know this made yes. your list last year, but I hadn't actually watched it by the time we recorded our end of the year episode. I think it was you talking about it the way that you did that made me like get into it. I'm pretty sure it didn't make my list at the end of the year. I don't think it did. I'm, I don't remember. I saw it on my list t- where we were talking about it this year. So I'm, uh, when you were watching it, so I don't think it was last year. Yeah, I was going by the show notes. I didn't actually re-listen to that episode. So according to the notes, we were talking about it this year, but it was like right at the beginning of the year. So Into yep. the Spider-Verse, it was amazing for all of the reasons that we've talked about before, but like the visuals and there's just... There's so many amazing things they did from like a filmmaking and animation perspective. And then on top of that, it's a really solid story and it's superheroes and it's another take on Marvel and it's Spider-Man. Like there's just so many elements that add up to an amazing movie. So I really want to watch this a couple more times. I think I've seen it twice and I feel like I should have watched it more by now. But I just I love that movie and it's it's probably a masterclass in cinema in a lot of different ways. So that deserves a huge shout out. And one of the things about it is that it's on Netflix now that uh, you can watch it for free if you're a Netflix subscriber or whatever, however you want to consider free. But as of this recording, it's on Netflix. And I highly suggest that you rent it on Redbox and get a Blu-ray disc if it's at all possible, because this movie is so pretty. The colors are so vibrant. And that's such a it's such an integral part of the entire experience that Watching that movie with muted colors is kind of doing it a disservice because we we noticed a big difference when we were watching Thor Ragnarok on Netflix that we decided we are not ever streaming this movie again. Blu-ray is just too pretty. Like, that's too much of part of this movie. And that's the way I feel about Spider-Verse, that it's a great movie and it's beautiful. And the animation is probably the best animation, like technically, that I've ever seen. And so because of that, I'm only going to watch it on Blu-ray or higher def so I can get the uh, the most vibrant color I can because it's really the color that does it for me. That is very valid. I could totally understand that. Um, another one for me was Restaurant to Another World. This was, you know, as I was sampling all of the anime that everybody recommended to me, this is the one that got its claws in me enough that I wanted to finish it right away. And I watched it within like two days, I think, or maybe mm-hmm. the first day that I was checking out anime. It's probably the second day. But anyway, within a couple days, I had watched the entire season and I wish there was more, but there's not. There's just one season. So it was the anime where it's our world. And then once a week, this restaurant has a door that opens to a fantasy world instead. And so this was, again, a short story collection, kind of an anthology, and it followed all of these different characters who come to the restaurant, either as regulars or as their first time to the restaurant, and how they link into the fantasy world, but then also how they interact with other people in the restaurant and what their dish of choice was. And every episode has like two featured dishes, and each one kind of represents a person or a story or something. And I was surprised how much I liked this one, but I wish there was more of it because it was so good. That is one that I think I would really like that I'm I need to sit down and watch it. Is it on like Crunchyroll or anything? Do you know? Yeah, that's where I watched it. Yeah, with my I did that with my free month of Crunchyroll that I got through Twitch, Twitch Prime. 
So yeah, that's how I got to that one. Yeah, I need to I need to sit down and watch it. How many episodes is it? It's just thirteen. It's like okay, the standard anime, thirteen uh, episodes in a season. Okay, yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah, it was really good. And then uh, the last one, which definitely bleeds over into yours, would be Avengers Endgame. Like, right? It's just amazing. Like, we had a whole episode about it. I still don't even know what to say about it and i feel like i probably need to watch it two or three more times to get all of the things that are in that movie because it's so dense with payoff after all of these years in the mcu but that's gonna be my movie of the year like there's no question i mean there's no question because skywalker saga is gonna come out after we record our end of the year episode so that's gonna be eligible next year and not this year with that in mind i don't see there being any way that endgame is not number one on my list of movies this year See, and I opened my mouth as you said that to say, dude, Star Wars comes out this year. And I'm like, I don't care how good Endgame is. I don't think it's going to beat Episode Nine. And then you said about the dates that I hadn't looked at the dates that we usually record on to see when Star Wars fell in that within that time frame. But yeah, you're right. We will have recorded the if we haven't recorded it before, we may be recording it. We actually might be recording it the week of the release of star wars yeah usually the way it goes because those are coming out like a few days before christmas is that Uh you and i have the end of the year episodes recorded already and then star wars will record out of order but we'll record it and then it'll make it into the feed for everybody else right before those other episodes hit so for you and me in real time we will not have seen that movie yet and for the listeners they will have already heard us talk about star wars yeah so it's one of those weird ones that falls right at the end of the year so i'm thinking ahead but with that in mind with the weirdness of what we do at the end of the year and time distortion and you know timey wimey wibbly wobbly whatever um endgame i think is going to be top of the list for me this year it's such a good movie that we we thought about going back and seeing the extended version that they released in the theater until we found out re-released in theater i guess i should say that we, we wanted to go see it, but we decided not to after we heard what the extension was, that part of it is not even finished, that they put the film as it was back in theaters. Then at the very end of it, after the, the credits, they've put in a couple of things. So I'm going to be spoiling this for about the next 30 seconds. So those of you it's who are not listening, really a spoiler, I looked at it. Okay. Oh, you guys can listen. It's like extra okay. features of a DVD. You're not going to get yeah. spoiled. Yeah. That's what it is. Like a Stan Lee featurette, some unfinished stuff with the Hulk. And I'm just like, why, why call this an extended like thing where they've got extra scenes and stuff it's not extra scenes it's bonus content and that's great but i wish they would bill it like it is because it that was enough for me and jennifer to say eh, we want to see it again but we can wait that thing that is not an enhancement that we care anything about and so we want to uh, but i loved it like endgame is still one of those when i see clips from it or that i'm seeing something online a picture endgame always makes me feel emotions and i i Still love Captain America probably more than anybody else in that entire uh, movie series that every time I see Chris Evans, he just makes me feel warm inside. I don't know what to say to that. I know. That's why I stopped right there. I was like, I'm going to let him go. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. But I think we both love that movie. So it was great. Yeah, absolutely. Like if it's not my my if it's not my movie of the year, by the time we get through with it, it's going to be in that top whatever it is like the top five because i'm it's too good like they actually 
nailed the landing, and so it's too good not to be on that list. Captain Marvel may also be in that list because we bought it on Blu-ray when it came out. We've rewatched it, and I still love this movie. That it's not as strong as say Wonder Woman was when you get the you know the first female-led. Uh, headlined movie in the series but it's still i think i like the character of carol danvers so much that as i watched it it has so much style and i like brie larson being that character so much that this movie just stands out to me um i just love it and uh so i'm not going to go into a whole lot more on it but i just love it and i think that people who haven't seen it really should go see that one if uh, if you've been waiting for one reason or another I also this weekend watched Get Out, and it was good enough for me to put on this list that it's the uh, Jordan Peele horror movie. It's been out for years, and I finally got around to watching it, and Jennifer and I wanted, Jennifer wanted to see it, and so it's a, all we knew about it going in was that it was a racial comedy, and we rented the one on Amazon that has the uh, alternate ending on the stream so we were able to watch it and this alternate ending and it was actually part of the commentary track that they showed the alternate ending from so you had jordan peele talking about it and the movie what felt like a really long twilight zone episode which really indicates why they tapped him for the twilight zone remake on cbs unlimited or whatever the cbs app is called and the end of it was exactly what I wanted it to be. Like, I felt like that's where it needed to be. We deserved that ending after the movie. And then there was a completely different one that changed uh, how everything turned out. But it was changed because of the where the world was at that time. Like, it's a social commentary movie, and they had to change it because of how things had shifted from the time it was written to the time it actually was produced. Like, it was really interesting. And I think that if you haven't seen that movie, like, it's not a scary movie. It's a psychological horror movie. Like, it's a, th- a suspense thriller more than anything else. There are, like, two scenes that are, are somewhat gory. Have you you haven't seen it, have you? No, I don't really do horror. I've so you said comedy earlier, but you actually meant horror, right? Did I say comedy? You did, and I'm pretty sure that that's not a comedy movie from everything no, I've heard. No, it is it is a horror movie. Okay, like, that's what I, I thought. I did not realize that I'd said comedy, but no, it is it is absolutely not a comedy at all. Yeah, it's I'm not going to watch it. I don't do horror movies, but I've heard that that one is excellent on many many different axes i don't know i don't know how to analyze horror but i've just heard that's a really good movie yeah there there's a lot going on there and uh, austin and i were talking about it this weekend because he said us is even better the new one by jordan peele and it's more of a straight-up horror movie than like a psychological thriller and uh he said that he's sad because get out is going to be studied in film classes because of just all the nuance to it and how well it does it but he said us is a better horror movie and like better better written better story like a better uh directed everything like for horror like it just does everything technically well and it's uh it is not going to be studied because of because it doesn't have anything to say it's just a good movie so i'm excited to actually watch that one too 
We also watched Always Be My Maybe. I had to put that one on here because it just made me happy. You know, of all the movies, I sat back and looked at what I had talked about on here. I thought about the stuff that we've watched. And I saw Always Be My... I thought about Always Be My Maybe. And I was like, that movie just made me happy watching it. Just seeing uh, seeing those people, like, I don't know. It just... It's a good movie. It won't make my, my movies of the year, but I wanted to to give it a shout out here because it's just... It's just a feel-good good time i actually watched that one that's did you a uh, kind of my wife i don't and I think sat you down. would like it terribly much no my wife and i sat down to watch um a bunch of different like netflix rom-coms that had been recommended to us and because like i've heard that netflix is the new home of rom-coms because they don't really come out in movie theaters anymore so we right. sat down one night and we watched three or four or I should say we tried to watch three or four, and this was one of them. And there was only one movie we watched start to finish, um, but all of the other ones, we just kind of like, we get to the point where if one of us looks at the other and we're like, are you interested in this? And if you don't immediately say yes, it's basically like, okay, we're going to start skipping ahead. So the only thing we really liked in this one was the parts with Keanu. So we watched probably like 20 minutes where he was involved because that was worth our time and it was interesting everything else just didn't really work for us because it was so predictable and you know what the next time that you are away my wife and i might end up doing an episode of uh just talking about kind of the death of rom-coms because Mm. that was a topic that we started talking about and i was like "Hmm, this could become an episode yeah it really could and i like movies like that that i have to be in a mood for them don't get me wrong it's not something i can sit down i I love rom-coms but it's not something i can just sit down and watch all the time like it's not something i just binge like i'm in the mood for a rom-com that's not where i'm at all the time but always be my maybe just did it right for me like that was exactly what i was in the mood for it just hit me the right way and i love the people in it and you know how if i like people i'll watch a movie for an actor which is you know talking about the death of the rom-com that's a big part of it we don't have actor-centric movies much anymore so when i saw these uh the actors in it i was like yep we're gonna watch that and it's it's great and it was and plus keanu like because you've been into his other stuff this year too i didn't know that he was in it like when I when we watched it, when we sat down and watched it, I didn't know Keanu was in it. And so we saw him and it was just this delightful surprise to have him there. And uh, then that made us go watch John Wick, which is my next thing on the list. Like I love John Wick now. Uh, never saw one and two and I'm hardcore in love with them. I really, really love those movies. The second one, I agree with pretty much everybody that it's not quite as strong as the first one, but I'm very, very excited to see the third one because I like this weird little hitman subculture that they've created that I don't understand why they have these gold coins that they that they trade among themselves. I don't really understand, like, that's why I love it. Like, I don't understand anything about this world. They don't really explain anything at all. It's like, hey, you want a coin? And they're like, yeah, I want to earn a coin. And it's like, okay, what do you do with these coins? But they're, uh, I love it because it's just so weird. And it feels like it's just campy enough and just, uh, just, just so good that I can emotion. I'm emotionally invested in John because he's so good at what he does. But at the same time, it's just like I I feel bad for everybody else. And so I'm emotionally <laughs> invested because he's so good. I'm like, of course, you don't want him to die. I mean, he's the main character. He's, he's Keanu Reeves. But at the same time, he's so good. It's like, man, those poor people, those poor other people that he's murdering for two hours. And I feel so bad about it, but I love watching it. 
I really should I can't watch wait to see that three. movie at some point. I've only watched the fight scenes, and okay. someone told me the synopsis, and I've also been told that that's basically as good as watching the first one, but I think one of these days, after hearing so much about it, I'm going to actually sit down and watch it all the way through, start to finish. And that's really what it was for me, that I'd heard so much about it. I was, we had fallen just in love with the the scenes in Always Be My Maybe. And when I was like, I want to see that. And it was right after Katie and Chelsea were talking about John Wick. So in the Tea Time channels on Slack, there was just everything of Keanu there. And I'm like, I'm going to watch John Wick. And I'm finally going to get around to it. I was like, I love my dog. He loved his dog. And it was, it was great. Like, I do not regret one bit of sitting down watching all of it. But again, it's one of those when you're in the mood for just a silly action movie. It's a it's a very good one to sit down and watch. The last one in my movies is one that I have not seen yet. We're recording this a day early because tomorrow is the release date of Spider-Man Far From Home. And it's going to be on my list. Like, I am so excited about this movie that I see no way that this movie is not going to be on my best of list. So since I'm seeing it so soon, I'm just going to go ahead and put it on the best of the first half of the year because it's Spider-Man and I love him. I want to see this movie, but after Endgame, I don't actually, I don't feel a huge compulsion to get to the movie theater to see a Marvel movie. Like, I can wait. So This one apparently ties up loose ends from Endgame. And I actually know one of the spoilers from this on what happens. And I think that you're going to want to see it in the theater from yeah, what I, mean, I know. I can also read um, the spoilers online. They'll be there like that, in two days as of where we're recording true. this. So. But it's also Spider-Man. Boy, that's true. See, that's the thing. It's Spider-Man. So you love I Spider-Man. might end up seeing it. The thing is, I will probably either end up seeing it this weekend. Like, we're coming up on 4th of July weekend. It's right. kind of releasing in a weird Which is time. why it comes out on a Tuesday, because it's yeah. the holiday weekend. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like I will either, because I have a long weekend coming up, I actually took some time off work, which I need. I will either end up seeing it this weekend, or I will see it when it comes out at home in, like, six months. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. But I'm excited to see it eventually. I definitely want to see the movie. I just don't know. I don't feel the same compulsion to get to the theaters now that Endgame's over. I understand that, that it's, I don't feel any compulsion to get to a lot of movies, but this one, I truly do because it's Spider-Man. I just love Spider-Man too much to miss it. Uh, Jessica Jones season three came out and wrapped up all of the story. Like y'all, that is the last of the Netflix Marvel, Marvel cinematic Netflix Marvel Cinematic Universe, I guess. I don't even know what they actually called it. But Jessica Jones Season 3 is the very last of it. It was in production when they canceled everything else. It got canceled, but it was able to end because of that. It wasn't like Luke Cage and Daredevil and Iron Fist where they didn't know that they were ending. Jessica Jones Season 3 is not as good as season one but it might be better in every other way like i i say every other way like season one of jessica jones is just so emotionally like intense and jessica jones season three is better in pretty much every other way than that but because it's different the way that it grabs you emotionally and so it's these characters that we've fallen in love with over the course of the of the series and they all get their arcs they all get their conclusions and resolutions and you see where their actions in season one that started are coming full circle and they're actually being concluded and giving closure and i think they they did a fantastic job with jessica jones season three and we watched it in just a a few days because it was so good um i don't think you've even watched season two of it have you 
I watched season two. I was not impressed, so I have not watched season three. This is so much better than season two that I liked season two, but it was not a great season. This one fixed what was wrong with season two and went back to what worked from season one, that it is very good. Yeah, I think ever since I realized that the Netflix MCU was basically dead and they were just like fulfilling their contract or everything that was in production, I haven't watched any of them. So it was probably like right around the time Defenders came out, like right after the Defenders, once they started canceling other shows, it was like, oh, I see what's happening here. I haven't really watched anything since then. See, I think you should. Have you watched Daredevil season three? No. Uh -uh. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Man. (laughs) Okay. Man, Daredevil season three is really, really good. And I bring that up on this, even though that was last year, because Jennifer, Jennifer Jones, Jessica Jones season three is wraps up like that entire story really, really well. It technically even wraps up Luke Cage a little bit. And the thing about Daredevil season three is that it's pretty much a full wrap up, except for like a stinger at the very, very, very end of it. And it is... Jennifer hated the first two Daredevil seasons. Like, she just stopped watching it except for when she was in the room with me. And she said that the third season of Daredevil, what she saw, made her want to watch it for the first time. So it's uh, it's worth going to. I, I understand why you haven't. I really do. But they do work out the stories in Jessica Jones and Daredevil much better than the others. I would consider those on the deep backlog list. Like, deep, deep backlog. Put it on there where if you're ever in that mood, you're like, I want some new Marvel stuff then those are the ones to go to. Um, Also, I can't wait. I think the most anticipated TV show of the year for me is Grace and Frankie season six. That I love this TV show so much that it might be my favorite TV show on Netflix. That Grace and Frankie is delightful. That I didn't think I was going to like it. I didn't sit down. Well, I didn't think I was going to not like it, but I didn't think it was, I was going to like fall in and love it. And so I just never watched it. I'd heard good things. And then when I sat down and watched it, it became probably my favorite TV show right up there alongside uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine uh, that's currently airing, that's still on. And then I'm, I'm looking forward to Grace and Frankie season six more than uh, pretty much anything at this point. Like I love the characters. Sam Waterston is one of my favorite comedic actors now it just it just makes me very very happy to watch that tv show and for there to have been five seasons and me not like know about it we uh, first we were just able to fall in and watch all of it and i i did not think it was gonna be my kind of show but it uh, absolutely was i loved it um and i don't think it would be for you like that's one where I don't think that you would like it that much. And I know oh, that I there are a lot of it. I really liked the first season. It had a really Did solid you? first season. Yep. And then I watched it right when it came out. So um, my wife and I liked the first season a lot. So we were excited to see season two. And by the right. time I f- we finished season two, I was kind of done with it. Like it didn't it didn't carry the momentum of the first season. The second one was right. kind of meh. And then when season three came out, she was like, you want to watch it? And I was like, uh, not really. And so I think she's watched more of them. I didn't realize there were five seasons out. Yeah, there are five out now. And six is coming out in maybe October where it's it picks up again in season three because reasons. And and they do a lot more with a lot of the side characters and kids, which is one of the things that I like a lot about the uh, later seasons is the kids 
come in, the families, I guess is the way to put it. The families come in as a lot more solid characters and three-dimensional as opposed to just these side characters uh, instead of just Grace and Frankie. And so I'm, I think like Brienne is one of my favorite characters in, in the show. Like all the side characters are my favorites. Like they're, they're the reason I continue watching it, even when I get frustrated at, at the actual characters of Grace and Frankie. Yeah, I mean, I can also recommend season one because it was fantastic. But I think it, it season is. two had a sophomore slump, and I haven't looked past that, basically. They they started their uh, jamming junior. I don't know. There, there's not a thing for that. It's uh, But season three picked up again. So And then I finished up watching all of Kim's Convenience on Netflix. I just turned it on. I, I'd mentioned it on there before where I was just scrolling through. I was like, that's what I want to watch. And it's hilarious, and I love those people, and I can't wait until the next season of it because I think it's still airing. It's a Canadian show, and I absolutely cannot wait for the next season of it. So if y'all haven't watched Kim's Convenience, it is wonderful, and I really apparently like Canadian sitcoms. That's that's fine. Hey, at least you know that about yourself now. Yep, I'm glad I know that. I need to find more. So yeah. Canadian listeners, send me Canadian sitcoms. There you go. There's your call to action. Um, before we dive into games, we still have a bunch of games to talk about because we haven't talked about them at all. Um, but let's do a quick geeky offer of the week. So this week, let's talk about PodCoin. PodCoin is an app where you can actually get paid to listen to podcasts. And like I've said before, I know that sounds like it's a scam, but it's not. You earn points for every 10 minutes that you're listening to podcasts on this app. And you can then redeem those points called PodCoins that uh, you can get for gift cards or donate them to whatever charity they've chosen for that month. But it is a really, really good uh, app, and they're going to be improving it. Uh, a lot over time there's been a couple of major updates already so you can find podcoin on the app store and you can sign up with the promo code geek and you can uh, try it out and get some extra podcoin on us nice and this week we have a real nice thank you to give to no apologies thank you so much for being a supporter of us on podcast if the rest of you would like your own real nice thank you like no apologies then you can go to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast and get your own and i would like to say really thank you that we really appreciate your support and that you guys are fantastic and you no apologies have been a delight to get to know on discord <laughs> i love when you do the real nice thank yous i just want more people to like hit up the patreon just so i can hear that more weeks in a row um <laughs> it's it's always good so around the network this week um we have well actually there's a bunch around the network but you wanted to cover something really quick right i did starting today we're recording this on july 1st so between today and can july I just say 31st how much i love how you say july i know i've mentioned this before but it's so southern and it's one of, i know you have a southern accent i talk to right. you every week it's one of the only ones that every single time you say it i stop like i mentally stop and it takes me a second to process and then i realize that it's not a bad thing i just like it that is because i say july yeah I, you do I yeah it's it's something where there are a lot of words that as i've as i've gotten older and as i've been around just other people like i realized that i said roof the other day when i was talking to somebody and that's because of you because i grew up like around here i say roof that's just what you say it's your roof but around you i said roof and uh, july is just one of those like that's just how we say it like that's not even something i even think about i would never i would never think about saying july like that's just not even in my uh, my lexicon to think about. So yeah, 
I love it. Sorry. I knew as soon as you stopped, anyway. I was like, I know exactly what it is. <laughs> so anyway, so since we're recording on July 1st, like I said, you can go anytime this month and vote for geek to geek podcast and Tea Time in the podcast awards. You can go to podcastawards.com and you can register for an account and then you can nominate geek to geek in the games and hobbies category and you can nominate Tea Time in the TV and film category uh, for the podcast awards. This is a people's choice kind of award where we get recognition. Uh, there's an award ceremony, everything like it's really cool. It would really be fantastic for someone on the network to win this. So you can go, like I said, to podcastawards.com and vote for geek to geek and games and hobbies and tea time in uh, TV and film so that uh, you can help us out. We are in no way associated with this. This is not any kind of sponsorship. We just want your nomination and vote. So we would really, really appreciate that. I've already done it and got mine in for tea time. Sweet. Um, around the network this week, Geekitude with Joe Hogan and Ray Vargas is on quick hiatus because Joe's traveling internationally. He got to go to New Zealand or something. I'm jealous. Um, He's like time... the biggest hobbit in the world. The pictures that I saw. Did you see the picture of him? Yeah, I'm still jealous. Um, tea I time with Katie and Chelsea. They had a catch up episode where they just kind of chatted for an hour, which I actually like that episode a lot. Um, and then sometimes Rob... Actually, he didn't have a new one. He just appears sometimes. I mean, that's the way that it goes. Capsule J streaming Tuesdays from 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern and sometimes on Thursdays and weekends. And then Troy Dole is streaming on Thursdays and sometimes randomly after dinner, too. Um, the Geekery this week. What was written about this week? Uh, our blogs on the geek2geekmedia.com slash the geekery is uh, Austin's Dragon Quest Quest and the 13th Story, where uh, Austin was talking about why Dragon Quest has the best NPCs, which is really, really interesting because I do love Dragon Quest NPCs. And then 13th Story was writing about uh, Mario Maker and uh, the asymmetric beauty of Mario Maker is what he calls it. And I didn't want Mario Maker 2, but now I want Mario Maker 2. It's like I don't want to buy it, but I think I'm going to because of this blog. It's good. I've been playing it for the last week. I will say that. Have Mario Maker 2 is excellent, but we'll talk about it next week, I'm sure, as we catch up on stuff. Um, right. Okay, so back to best of the first half of the year. Um, we still have games to cover, so I'm going to make you go first this time because I've been going first the whole episode. I okay, see so a through line throughout all of your games except for one how did Overwatch make it on your list? Because it's very good right now. Overwatch was the newest one. Overwatch is actually one of my top games of the year right now because they've released a couple of new characters that I've never given a whole lot of time. And uh, most recently, they've released one named Baptiste, and he is a healer that gets an immortality field that he can toss down. So anyone within this field while it's up cannot die. You can lose health, but you can't actually die. And so it is is uh, really strategic on how you have to use this. And he does a lot of damage. He does like three round bursts, like da-da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. And so it's, uh, he's, he's a very good character. And I also discovered Bridget, who I've never really played a lot of before. Like, I know she's not a new character, but I haven't played a lot since she was released. So I discovered how much I love playing Bridget. And these two characters have gotten me interested in Overwatch again, because uh, I'll be able to play a round or two here and there. And those are way more fun to play than a lot of the other characters for me, especially Bridget, because she is finally a healer that can um, take a beating and I can run in and not feel bad because I won't immediately die. So I really, really do like Overwatch right now. 
Okay, cool. I was just wondering how it got back there because yeah, it's I, been a while saw since a, we talked about it. Yep, I saw a new character had been released and I wanted to see what was up. And I was like, oh, other cool new character I haven't played a whole lot of. And then I got really, uh, really, really sucked into it. So I'll lose interest eventually or lose interest pretty soon. But, you know, right now I'm having a good time with it. Uh, it's always one of those evergreen games. But what about everything else is an RPG like everything else that's pretty much all that i've played like looking back and thinking like pretty much everything i've played this year has been an rpg where like persona 5 is at the top of my list and i still haven't finished it i'm like 44 hours into it and i'm i got through the third palace and i'm doing the uh, the social stuff afterward i honestly just haven't sat in front of my tv to do it um i played a lot of i'm going to i'm going to go back and finish it uh, over the year i think is actually the probably the best way to say uh but persona 5 is absolutely going to be in the top five games of the year for me it's just too good of a game um dragon quest 9 got to me um it was completely unlike any other dragon quest because it doesn't have a main character with a personality and you get to you get to create from the look to the name to the class of, well, vocation of what other party members you want. So it was basically, it felt like I was playing a Dragon Quest game. And it's a, and I don't want to say it's an MMO, but it has an online feature that has been mostly disabled now. It was a precursor to Dragon Quest X. So it feels like I'm just running around uh, hanging out with friends because it's just this party of me and these characters where it's like, okay, my friends and I are going on an adventure in Dragon Quest uh, because that's what you can do in it. That's that's the entire feel that it wanted, and it actually really succeeded. So I really loved it. Um, I'm one of the few people who really, really, really liked Kingdom Hearts 3. I haven't gone back to it. I haven't platinumed it or anything. Um, and I'm not 100% looking forward to the DLC. But while I was playing this game, I was 100% all in. That I adored playing this game. It made zero sense. The narrative does not make sense. And the DLC is only going to confuse it even more. But Kingdom Hearts 3 was so much fun to play that I couldn't not put it on here. And then Cat Quest was adorable. That I'm so looking forward to Cat Quest 2 because it's kind of a buddy game like Mario and Luigi games where you're going to have a cat and a dog now. And uh, it was just fun to play. The uh, the action RPG running around on the map, it was it was hard, but it was also pretty easy where there were times where I just couldn't hit the buttons right and died. And then I learned how and went forward where it was like Kitty Cat Dark Souls in a way where <laughs> I tickled myself <laughs> where, where it's not like punishingly difficult like that's not what this game is but there were such twitch moments in there that I actually had to get good to beat these certain parts of it and so I really it's just it's beautiful it's a wonderfully animated game so I can't wait for the second one now um and then the last one on my list is Trails in the Sky that uh, I haven't finished this one but it made me a big fan like I'm 30 odd hours into Trails in the Sky maybe 25 ish but it's 
such a good game. I understand why everybody says that like the Trails games are so well written, why the story is so engrossing, because the characters are written like they're real people, that they don't have that weird JRPG cadence to them sometimes, that you can tell you're playing an RPG, that it's a definitely a video game that you're playing through the story, and Trails in the Sky has dialogue that and and situations that real people have been in and they react and say things like real people. So it's a lot of fun and it's kind of a pseudo turn-based battle mixed with a strategy battle where positioning matters and you move like in a strategy RPG, but everything else is like a regular turn-based RPG. So it's a uh, it's a tactical, I guess, where it's uh, super fun, and I'm really looking forward to getting back to it, but I kind of got sucked into uh, Dragon Quest games, uh, which is why I haven't finished it. Cool. Um, for me, it, there's not as many as I would think as there normally are, but that's just because I feel like the first half of the year here has been kind of slow. Even right. in the past week, week and a half, games are finally starting to come out. Like, mm-hmm. I just everything that came out in the first half of the year was either a huge like triple a game that ended up being utterly disappointing or it was something that was like small and i might have found it interesting but not not like hugely mind-blowing so there are a couple things that fall outside of that that are actually worth highlighting um hades early access i know i talked about that a couple times near the beginning of the year it's still i still pick away at it a little bit you know when i'm on my pc i'll boot it up and i'll play a couple rounds but it's running into that problem that i run into with most roguelike games where it's like oh yeah i gotta keep doing the same thing over and over and it does enough to change it up and it keeps giving you rewards just for playing but it could be better at that. I mean, it's roguelike. Like, I know that at the core, yeah. so I'm probably not going to stick with it long term. But I like what's there. And I don't think I would like playing that one at all. Like, I'm not much of a roguelike player. So I will have fun with them for short periods of time. But the repetition really does end up getting to me. Um, unless they are magnificently done procedurally, kind of like 20XX. I really love that game. I can go back and uh, kind of pound my head against the wall on that one pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 that, right? It's good. It's really good for what it is, but it's the roguelike aspect that eventually kind of started pushing me away. So I've been falling off of it more and more over time. But it was cool right at the beginning of the year, so it's worth mentioning. Um, Space Plan is one that... It's kind of an idle game. It's kind of a tapper game, but it had a really interesting story that I had a lot of fun with for about three days, and then I beat the story. And that was one of the things that was cool too, right? Most of those idle and like tapper games want you to hook in forever and get invested and they want to charge you microtransactions. Space Plan wasn't that. Space Plan was like three bucks and then I beat it in three days and then I never went back to it. But it gave me a whole experience and it was so worth it for that. So it was a really cool story in an idle and tapper game, which is strange, but it's worth calling out. Yeah, those are words I never thought I would hear you say. Yeah, it's just, it's an odd combination, but it was a good one. And then... That's awesome. Arboretum is a game that it's not necessarily new to me, but I feel like I've never really talked about it on the podcast. It's Uh one that I have a lot of fun playing with my family. So with my wife and kids, 
if there's ever like we don't do game nights enough but when we do we'll usually get like something that's newish the kids are having fun with but this is kind of becoming our staple game like if we don't know what else to play we'll play arboretum and it's this card game where you take turns drawing cards and discarding cards and you're trying to build an arboretum in front of you where you have a path ascending from like one to well it can be anything but it's just ascending numbers and um all the cards there's like one of each tree type in each number so you'd have like one through eight of jacaranda or one through eight of maple right okay and you put in the number of different types of trees depending on how many people are playing the game so like you would put everything in the game if there's four players or you would start taking out like certain numbers of tree types if there's less players so you can play it two to four and every time we play this game we have a great time and everyone in my family really likes it and i feel like if we were better at doing game nights regularly this would be a staple game in our household because it Hmm. almost kind of half is already so it's one of those things where i saw it in my notes and i don't know if i'd ever talked about it but i really wanted to call it out because almost like aspirationally like i wish i got this game on the table more because it's a really good game so if you are interested in card games at all um take a look at arboretum it's excellent that sounds really neat like you saying that you can play it with two people is making me actually look it up while you are talking to see how uh, if jennifer and i would like to play that yeah and it's i mean it's a visually interesting game too just like the trees are pretty but there's an even like newer updated version that's even prettier and more colorful than the one that i have and every time i see it on a shelf in a board game store i kind of look at it like maybe i should just buy a second copy because it's so pretty <laughs> so this deluxe version that, that they sounds have right. Yeah, it's got like rainbow foil cards and uh, like a wooden box to go with it. Like that's yeah. really neat. Yeah, I kind of want that. Um, Anyway, it's a good game. And like I said, I want to get it on the table more because every time we do, we have fun with it. Um, And then for other video games, uh, Cadence of Hyrule was huge. I mean, I know that's very recent, but so because I was making this list and because I have this on here and highlighted Last night, I went and I played this game again because I beat it, right, in that first week with my kids. Like, we took turns with the controller and whatever. And I sat down and I played one quick life really fast and I died. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do one more life and just be like, you know, get myself back in the mode of Cadence of Hyrule and just remember what's here. And is it really going to hold up? Am I really going to want to revisit this game over time? I played on one life, my second life. I played on that life for two and a half hours without dying. And I was just in the zone and loving it the entire time. I love this game. I adore this game. It is one of my favorite Zelda games of all time. So I'm glad that I went back and I was like, I should test this out before I talk about it because I knew I would be talking about it today. And my memory of it was really good. But then also I'm going back and I'm replaying and I'm still having such a good time. So Cadence of Hyrule is amazing. Highly, highly recommend it. I gave it to my friend. Well, I didn't give it to my friend. I mean, it's a download game, but he was hanging out over here. And I was like, have you played the new Zelda game? Have you played uh, Cadence of Hyrule? And he was like, no. And so I booted it up for him and uh, he started the game and he kept getting so mad. He kept dying, and he was playing on regular, on normal. Like he was a band guy. He uh, he had rhythm. He did. He wasn't me, and uh, so he was playing it like it's supposed to be played. And he loved it, but he was getting so mad because he would keep dying in the dungeons and things, and he would just be like, oh, and then put the switch down 
and then you would pick the switch back up and just keep going. <laughs> and I'm like, you're buying that when you get home tonight, aren't you? He's like, yes. And uh, it's like, it's so good. Like it, uh, it's just a good game. Yeah, I mean, I must have internalized the beat of it and the core of the game, because like I said, the first life as I rebooted it, because I haven't played it in a couple weeks, I died within like five minutes. And then the second life I played for two and a half hours on that one life. So it this is obviously a game that clicks for me on all sorts of levels. But yeah, Cadence of Hyrule was amazing. And then the other thing that surprises nobody being on this list is Magic the Gathering and especially Magic yeah. the Gathering Arena. So um, where I'm at with Magic the Gathering at the moment, you know, casual kind of at home mostly for the actual physical cards i did try the one event in person and i would be willing to go to more with my brother but i'm not going to be doing that on my own um but yeah we'll see when the core set 2020 comes out within the next week maybe but i think more likely when the fall set releases my brother and i might try to go to some kind of pre-release event or sealed event or something like i could see myself doing more of that in the future um even though i'm not like rushing out the door to make it part of my regular habits um I definitely had enough fun with the first one that I could see myself going to more, which kind of surprises me. Yeah, and I'm really surprised at that too, honestly. Like, I know they're awesome. I know that the events in person are great. I wasn't sure how you would like it, so I'm I'm really glad that it was a positive experience and you didn't get hit by any of the stereotypical, like, elitist gamers talking uh, down to newcomers in the card shop. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, that's one of the reasons why I love Magic the Gathering Arena so much is that that doesn't exist in that format, right? I mean, of these two, I want to highlight Arena more than anything else because it's what got me into Magic the Gathering for the first time for real ever because it's so approachable. There's so many things that help onboard you. And I felt like I finally got to learn the game and the possibility of the space in the game without all this pressure from being in person when you're playing it with people that obsess over it and know everything about it. Like I'm getting to the point now where I can talk to those people and have an interesting conversation, which is amazing, but I'm only able to get to that point because I played so much arena with no pressure on me at all. And one thing that I thought was interesting, you're talking about that, that kind of just know everything about the game. I went to, uh, uh, we were at a card shop the other night, uh, well, a game shop playing Dungeons and Dragons. And when I went in there, there was a guy playing and testing out magic decks and nobody else. He was alone and we were sitting there getting ready for our game. And he was actually running two decks against each other on his own. Like he was so into magic that uh, I hadn't seen. So I'd forgotten about people doing that, too, that he was actually playing himself as though trying to make see whichever deck he could get to win uh, and what their weaknesses were. And I was like, man, that's somebody who loves Magic the Gathering. And I'd completely forgotten about about that. And I was like, I understand when you said that somebody who knows everything about the game, I'm like, yeah, people do get to the point where they know everything about the game. Yeah, and it's it's just so intimidating. So Arena takes that part out of it, you know? It puts you in a, to a place where you can get to learn the cards. It gives you a bunch of pre-constructed decks, and then it gives you this, like, newbie experience tree that was, honestly, that's the reason that I got hooked into the game, is because of the newbie, I don't remember what it was called exactly, but the, the tree that it gives you of, yeah. like, skill points that you unlock as you play the game. And I'm pretty sure it keeps you in kind of like a newbie pool of the people that you're playing against, too, when you're still working on that tree. So you never just get, like, stomped by standard decks. You're playing against other people that are approximately where you're at with skill. And 
by going up that, like, you know, you get these orbs that would unlock different nodes of the tree, and that would let you unlock new cards to upgrade your decks. And then if you unlocked enough, it would unlock a completely new deck for you. And one of the things that I came out of that wanting more of was that tree. And they just announced this last week that they are bringing, they're calling it the Mastery Tree, which I can't remember if that's what the newbie one was called or not. I think that's what it was called, yeah. Okay, so they're bringing that Mastery Tree up for everybody. And they they said they're going to reboot it every single time a new set comes out, and they're also going to do a season pass with it every single time a new set comes out. And I'm so excited for that. So the season pass is if you want extra cosmetic rewards on top of it, you can pay, just like everybody is trying to do games as a service and have a season pass, they're doing the same thing. But even if you don't want to do that, you're going to get this mastery tree, and you can unlock new cards, you can unlock new pre-made decks, you can unlock all of the same stuff that I was just loving as a new player, and you get to do it for every set from now on. So that's supposed to be out within the next couple days as of we're recording this. And I'm so excited for that. That is, cr- it's crazy that I forgot that it was coming out so soon. But also, like, it's crazy that they're doing that for everybody. Like, that they saw how good that was. So it makes me really happy because it was fun. It was great getting, like, a new deck of cards that you then had access to all of those cards in your library. Yeah, well, one of the cool things that, I'm realizing about Arena is that you don't have to wait for the pre-release period like you do with physical magic cards because the pre-release period technically I think starts tomorrow on July 2nd as of we're recording this and if you're playing physical magic cards you don't actually get to use the cards in standard or any of the other formats until July 12th so there's like a 10-day lag there where it's like in pre-release and I know they have a bunch of pre-release events and stuff that people get excited for but Magic the Gathering Arena it just comes out on the second. Like it it's basically just out fully and you just get yeah, to like use it. Yeah, like you're just playing the game. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm super excited for that. I'm sure on our next episode I'll have a bunch to talk about for that too. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure with there being a new core set that you absolutely will. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at with games. Um but, you know, having looked at this list and kind of been like, wow, games were weak in the first half of the year. In the last week and a half, I've been playing Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, Curse night? of the Moon, Blood Moon, Cur- whatever it's called. The one that's not the 8-bit version, but like I think it's game. Ritual of the Night is the... Sure. Is the... I don't want to say good one. Is the pretty one? It's the one the that's like one. Castlevania Symphony of the Night, only not. Yeah. yeah. I think Ritual of the Night is what it was, yeah. But I've been playing that, Circle and of I've been playing the... the new Final Fantasy XIV expansion, Shadowbringers, and I've been playing Mario Maker 2, and all of them are excellent, and I have a lot of thoughts about all of those, and like... Those three might make it on the list at the end of the year. So I feel like we're finally hitting the point of summer and then we'll get into fall when all of the games are coming out. And in September, when everything hits, like September is an absolutely nuts time for uh, for a lot of people. Like I know with Dragon Quest Eleven coming out and on at the end of September, and then there were like three other games that were being released right then too that I can't remember what all they were off the top of my head. But there's, there's like new Zelda three coming out. There's Luigi's Mansion Three. There's you know there's a bunch of stuff coming out. Maybe it's Link's Awakening that's yeah, coming that out one. on the same day. Maybe, but it's ridiculous. Yeah, the end of this year is going to be crazy. Yeah, so there there will be plenty to talk about there. But I think that's about it for this episode. I'm pretty sure next week we just need to ha- take some time to recap games and movies and stuff that's coming out. Because, like I said, I've been playing all those games. I know you're about to go see Spider-Man. We have, yep. like, b- relevant, timely things to talk about. So that's probably what next week is going to be about. 
But yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. There's a lot of stuff with Spider-Man on top of just stuff that I'm playing around with on the on the side that'll be fun to talk about. Cool. So we'll regroup next week. But for this week, that's about it. You can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. We also have great discussions on Slack and Discord. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links, and you can also check out all the other content on the network while you're there. I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with two E's. And you can listen to me even more on the Dragon Quest FM podcast. We've been Void and Beej with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye. Hey geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek to Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash capsulej. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. Hello, friends. This is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch.